Chasing vultures, never an easy prospect, any time of the day really, but especially in the darkness of the night. I was there in the darkness. God had called for our time together. It felt like the sun fell more than set, and the thick darkness began to blanket all around me, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited on the Lord. You can talk to God and still sometimes feel alone in the darkness. You can hear from God and sometimes feel alone in the darkness. And in that darkness as I waited, I think you'll understand if I tell you there was one or more night terrors that I had there in the midst of the waiting, in the midst of that darkness. I was obedient in the waiting, though. I was frustrated that God seemed to be late, but I, I moved forward. I did exactly what he had instructed me to do. And before you saunter through my recollection, have you ever sacrificed an animal? Have you ever sacrificed an animal in the dark? There's a betrayal of trust that happens in that sacrifice. These animals come to know you. They're familiar with your voice. They follow you. They take your leading. And, and you watch over them in the nighttime hours. You, you protect them from predators. You look them over at the end of a long day and you anoint them with oil if they're wounded. You lead them beside still waters into green meadows and pastures. You feed them. You even help them come into this world. But God had asked for sacrifices, and so in that betrayal of tr trust, I killed some of those as offerings to the Lord. And slaughtering an animal at any age is hard work, especially at my age. There's the killing, of course. There's the bloodletting onto the ground. There's the, well, the cutting and the gutting, the cleaning tearing through tendon and bone, muscle and meat. There's the salty sweat strain in the eyes. There's the fire in the hands and the arms. There's the numbness you feel in your lower back. And your thighs scream at you all the while. And I laid those sacrifices out as God had instructed side by side with almost a blood-filled, horrific wedding aisle in between, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. Fresh blood tends to be the, the dinner bell for predators. But what struck me is I waited there in the thick darkness all alone on the Lord, wondering when is he going to show up, was the nuisance of the vultures that began to arrive. Now, vultures are amazing creatures. I think we'd all agree that they do the work that most of us would never want to be asked to do. But when vultures take note of a dead animal, they don't arrive with a reservation for one or even two for dinner. It is rank upon rank. It is cohort upon cohort. 
And maybe we wouldn't be so hard on them if they looked like an eagle or had the, the color of a painted bunting, but their faces are so dour. More specter than life, they jostle around trauma. They circle overhead in death. And they began to arrive in flocks overhead, swooping down, banking, trying to tear and bite at the sacrifices. I don't know if you've ever sprinted across blood-soaked ground, but I can tell you it is not easy. And there I was in the thick darkness, flailing my arms and my hands with staff, screaming and cursing and chewing and kicking the vultures back into the edges of the darkness. And as I fell on that blood-soaked ground, I realized I began to, well, look more sacrifice and less and less human. And I waited. And I wondered, God, Yahweh, can't you use me for something greater than chasing vultures? Isn't there a bigger role that I can play than this, chasing vultures? I've done all the work. I've done all the preparations. I've done everything you've asked me to do. And yet here I am chasing vultures, Lord. I should be center aisle. This should be more about me, not this chasing vultures. Feels like it's more for the birds. Maybe some of you feel this way today. Maybe you feel like you're chasing vultures. Maybe if you're honest, you feel like you're in the thick darkness. And yeah, you talk, to, you talk to the Lord, you even hear from Him, but you still feel alone. You're obedient. You're sore. You feel tired. The sacrifices have cost you dearly. There's blood all over the landscape around you. You think, really, God? You just want me to chase vultures? I thought this following after you is going to be more life-filled. I thought that was going to have a grander role than chasing vultures, God, of all things. And you're there in the blanketing darkness. And you wonder, where is God anyway? He talks to me. I talk to him. I'm even crying out to him in the darkness. But when is he going to arrive? You know, he spent a night in the darkness like you and me. It was a dark night where the sun seemed to fall more than set. It would be easy to look at his evening alone in the darkness and say, well, he brought some friends with him, his closest three, but they may as well not have even been there with him there in the thick darkness because they slept 
through the dark night. And he was there in the thick darkness alone, wondering where his father might be. He found himself chasing vultures and praying that the cup of suffering might just pass him by. And he was there alone in the thick darkness. And I wonder sometimes if he sometimes dreamed of a grander role, of a more dignified place than being alone in the thick darkness chasing vultures. But see, this is where our paths diverge, friends. We chase vultures. He became food for vultures. We might count the sacrifice of spilled blood that costs. Others have shed their blood. He became the sacrifice. From Him flowed blood. And we may sometimes look at our own reflection and sometimes see more sacrifice and less human. He actually became the sacrifice there on the cross. And so, I guess what I'm saying is I'm willing to chase vultures and I'm willing, I'm willing to wait in the darkness if I have to. Because I've learned that really good, deeply good, eternally good things come in the waiting and out of the darkness. You've been there, haven't you? I mean, what wedding service actually ever starts on time? And you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and pleasantries with strangers begin to run dry. Will this service ever get started? But then the bride arrives. And that covenant of love, the giving and receiving of vow and ring, just dissolves all the waiting, doesn't it? Or what of you who have experienced the gift of God in your family's growth? Whether through the gift of adoption, there is pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning and the waiting, and the, the child you've been longing for arrives, you're holding him, you're holding her in your arms, and all of the pain of the waiting dissolves, doesn't it? Or you give birth to a child, and through those long hours of labor, wondering, is, is this new life ever going to arrive, and the child breaks into this world? And its cries and its presence signaling new life dissolves all of the pain, doesn't it? You see, when the Lord Yahweh did arrive, I realized there's only one place for me that really is chasing vultures and there's only one place for me and that really is being on the sideline because when Yahweh arrived, He was center. And the mess I was so concerned of, all of the bloodletting and the vulture feathers and the droppings for that matter, matted in that thick blood, were consumed in holy love. There was no chasing vultures for the Lord. 
His divine presence consume them. And it turns out that chasing vultures is a temporary vocation because of the power of the resurrection. Vultures are on a timeline, friends, because of all that Jesus has done. And when the Lord arrives, we realize maybe I can only chase vultures because there's only one who is willing to walk that center aisle of blood and say, on me and through my one and only Son will the true sacrifice be given. And so I want to ask you today, are you willing to chase vultures? Are you willing to wait on the Lord? Are you willing, yes, even in those times, to find yourself alone in the dark, depending on God to arrive? We need women and men who chase vultures today. Maybe more than ever, hear these words. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Hold fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain, chase vultures in vain, or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Lord, we thank you for Abram. We call him Father Abraham, but you alone are Father. And we thank you for calling us to chase vultures, God. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to our hearts this morning through your living word. There are some here today who see their own reflection and they feel more, more sacrifice maybe and less human. There are some here this morning who are tired, who are even angry. But through the power of your love, Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you the joy comes in the morning. The sunrise always outshines the deepest dark, darkness, Lord. 
And so we ask that you would bring healing and wholeness to our lives to see our place in our following of you and to be willing to chase vultures knowing that you alone are light and love. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.